0: PbhdD is reminding Georgians to ask their doctor about alternatives to opioid pain medication. Alternatives such as over the counter medications and physical therapy can be used to manage pain. More information at opioidresponse.info.
1: You're listening to Nothing Funny About Money. I'm Matt
2: Gorin. And I'm Michael Thomas. Wait a minute, where's Matt?
1: I'm just kidding. My name's Aperba and Matt is my partner. Matt can't be here this week because he's recovering from surgery, so here I am. I love it.
2: You know that Matt has a lot of confidence to allow for someone with whom he's dating to come on (laughs) in his place during an episode where we're talking about money and dating. So to all of our listeners out there, uh, you know that obviously they are doing it right. To help us with this conversation, we have our expert extraordinaire, Megan Ford, director of the Aspire Clinic. She also has a new blog
3: I do hi everyone I'm back it's good to be back
2: Megan, we're absolutely excited to have you. And before we move forward in this process, you know, let us know what you're up to, because it seems like a lot of things are moving right now.
3: So I really started to run with this idea of this fusion between relationships and finances. I think they're unquestionably linked. Absolutely. Money and relationships. And maybe that's just my frame of, of reference. But I don't think that we can get into deep of conversations about these things without them intersecting. Absolutely. Together, and so finding harmony.
2: So <laughs> harmony. M O N E Y. That's right. right. There's not a typo or spelling error there. She, <laughs> exactly. she was very I
3: do know how to spell harmony. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this was this was really just an effort to start writing more about this fusion of of money and relationships.
2: We also have uh, Chris Shoup is going to be interjecting his thoughtful insights and and opinions. And he's actually, he has a lot of experience. Stop laughing.
0: More experience
2: than we do. Um, He's a
1: resident that generation (laughs) person. We need
2: need a dad's advice segment. Oh, boy. (laughs) I wouldn't know how to date now.
1: Oh, boy. I wouldn't.
2: Whenever I talk about dating, I always preface it by saying this is way before Ashley. But <laughs> I, I remember one time I was going out on a date with someone, and as I was leaving a friend's house to go pick up the young lady I was I was dating, or as Chris would say, courting at the time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, wow. Someone asked me where I was going, and they were. I was like, yeah, I'm going to go on a date. And she was like, people still do that? Oh, boy. I was like, wow. Obviously, as I'm going on this date, there are expectations that that I have, something that constantly comes up. Who pays?
0: That's easy. uh, If you're going on a date now, the parents pay.
2: That is true. Uh, That's
0: that's that's (laughs) the way it works. Lots of
1: kids living in basements. Yeah, yeah, the
0: parents pay. get your college degree, go go back to the basement. basement. Sure, sure.
1: I think it depends on the kind of date. If it's going well, women want to go Dutch because it would be nice for us to, like, show our interest in this person, usually uh, we'll offer, but then if it's the guy is really wanting to pay, we'll be like, okay, we'll back off and you can pay. Okay. But if it's not going well at all, then the girl (laughs) would rather have the guy pay because (laughs) it is, um, it's been... You paid for my time. Absolutely. (laughs) The money part of a date is very important because that kind of sets the tone for the relationship after the date.
2: Okay. Megan, what about you?
1: Hmm. <laughs> well, you know, truthfully,
3: That's it's awkward. been a
1: long time since I
0: <laughs>
2: so
3: was on the vote. dating scene as well. I'm about to celebrate my ninth wedding anniversary. Woo-woo. So it's been it's been a while for me too. And and I think that times have changed, as you said, a lot. I'm trying to like put my dater hat on <laughs> right now. If you're sitting at a restaurant, you know, the check comes pausing yeah. at that moment and, and just saying, like, how would you like to split this this see, evening? So right? you're good
2: at framing stuff like that in a way <laughs> where you make people feel comfortable with doing something that they otherwise wouldn't feel comfortable with. Right. But that, to me, like, that would be incredibly awkward. Right. And to come out and say, well, you know, um, I want to offer you the opportunity. Do you even say that, Chris? Like, I want to offer you the opportunity to pay for your meal. No. no I'm, 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 perfect. Perfect. Like, I'm, I'm struggling here. I just
0: expect them to pay no matter what. That's the way I, that's the way I handle it. I just figure, you know, if you're right, going to... the
2: few
1: times that you've gone out on if, mandates,
3: that's you've right. Been like, yeah, That's
0: it. Yeah, you're going to pay. You're going to pick up that's right. the bill. Bill is going to pay for the bill. That's the way it works.
3: I think the reason it's so awkward is because so much of it is like these unspoken expectations that we haven't learned how to call out, or it doesn't seem socially appropriate to be like pretty transparent about that in that moment so I think that it's like these unspoken things are all swimming around like should I grab my wallet should I grab my purse to show that I'm you know Mm -hmm. willing to pay half what's he
1: thinking what's she thinking right I think one of the ways of combating that awkward situation is to go to a restaurant where you pay before you eat but that is kind of a cheap first date. I wouldn't see,
2: think. See, you would you would be thinking, oh, nope, so Matt <laughs> would try to pull something like that off, we wouldn't be having this conversation no. right now. That's well, so
3: interesting. I was thinking, just as you said, like a cheap first date. Like, we really assign value to ourselves yes. by how much someone is willing to spend on us sometimes. Like, mm-hmm. if we have that perspective of like, oh, he's taking me to, you know, a Burger King, (laughs) I must not have a lot of value, you know. So there's like it's all tied together. Like these assumptions about how valuable we are are tied into how extravagant this dating relationship may be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there goes our endorsement for
1: Burger King.
3: I
2: know, right? Sorry, I just yeah.
1: Burger
3: King. I I did I did
2: a little snooping around to see if there were any surveys or polls out there that would say. All right, just to to end this debate, Uh, Nerd Wallet actually did a survey of of a thousand people and found that 77% of them believe that a man should pick up the tab that is while interesting. on a date. Wow. Interesting. I, know I, I
3: would right. really like to see some research on same-sex <laughs> couples. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, about that would be, how they navigate that, would be a very, that.
2: Because you would think that she'd yeah. have to be a little bit more open and you, about the can conversation. Can
0: you just take it as simple as the one who is pursuing mm-hmm. is you the one who pays. So if I'm going to take you mm-hmm. out then there's sort of an assumption that I'm taking you out to dinner. You use the the antiquated term courting, <laughs> right. courting from back in my day. But if you're going to court someone, then you are pursuing them. And in that, there's sort of a, an expectation of, I'm going to take you to dinner, and so I will pay. Now, if I'm being pursued, yep. someone comes to me and says, hey, I'd like to take you out to dinner. Well, I kind of think, okay, you're mm-hmm. going to pay then. You're taking me out. It doesn't implicit. matter if it's male or female.
3: Yeah, It's right. implicit in that proposal right. that, like, I will be treated. That's right. Um, right. I will be taken out, and so thus I I will not have to pay right. necessarily. Aperva. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of agree with that.
2: Aperva, can I ask you something? Yes, You're from India. Yeah. So if we bring a more of a global perspective into this, are folks in India struggling with some of the same conversations that, that we're having now?
1: I think because the country that I come from is very patriarchal, the pressure of paying for the meal is on the men. But that being said, um, new India and progressive India is very different. I have seen uh, some of my friends indulge in going Dutch or paying half. Mm -hmm. That's very common, especially in college students. And even amongst working professionals, I think the pressure is slowly easing off of men and is being evenly distributed between the two genders. I think also women are now taking the power out of men's hands. And they're like, well, I want to make sure that I am not under any obligation for a second date. So there we go. Here's my credit card. We're going to go Dutch. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
2: So what we're seeing is that there's this emergence Mm -hmm. that's happening where women are reclaiming more of their power in this scenario that is dating. Right. From a guy's perspective— There are still a lot of things that we're dealing with as well as we're noticing that these things are happening and how to more effectively navigate the power dynamic and how things may come off. So there's this idea that Matt and I were kicking around with, and Perb, I know that you're aware. It's like this escalating dating plan versus Mm -hmm. de-escalating dating plan. And the idea here is that on the initial date, you do coffee, like a first date. You do something really, really small. So it's just very low bar, Mm -hmm. low expectations. Right. Not going to a movie where you don't talk to the person for two and a half hours watching, you know, a Marvel cinematic universe oh, type talk. thing.
1: <laughs> I'm that person. <laughs> what did he say,
2: honey? Shh <laughs> <laughs> Versus a escalating or a de-escalating, which is what we kind of do now, is where people spend a lot of money on the front end or early on, and then it kind of levels off over time mm-hmm. as you get more comfortable. Right. So you're showing actually less interest with how you're using your money and your time. Right. As opposed to as you see something progressing of more value, you're actually doing more. Right. But one of the things that a lot of us guys deal with is we're afraid even to do something like that, very low bar, mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. the fear
2: of feeling cheap.
1: Right. When it comes to me and Matt, we started with escalating. Our first few dates were extremely exciting. We did a lot of big things. We did different things like dancing, dinner, movie, jungle gym, all sorts of crazy <laughs> things. And I wouldn't like to say that it de-escalated, but we've uh, we've definitely started in a very high place because I think very nonverbally we both were very very interested in each other. So we were like, I want to know everything about this person right from the beginning. Like, let's remove all the closet skeletons, all the closet shoes, bags, all of that needs to you come keep out. Bringing up
2: shoes and bags, <laughs>
1: It's I'm real life. That is actually
2: speaking to some real stuff that's going on. Poor man.
1: It's real life.
2: So let's take cheap out of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Let's see what are some ways to be creative and be frugal. I guess if that's a better word.
1: Zumba. That's a good date. Like go go Chris, a zumba I could class. I can
2: so see Chris in some tights. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Megan what do Zumba. you think Oh, the Zumba
3: thing is giving me a, like a complex <laughs> over here showing your dance skills on the first or not maybe
2: that's, little, that's even not. worse than money right just like I do not want to ruin this by
3: and Zumba Zumba can get sexy depending on the Zumba class mm-hmm. so you like you, you <laughs> hot, hot Zumba yeah <laughs> yeah like that could be that could be a real like builder of the <laughs> of the relationship or a real like, ooh, this is tanking.
0: How about how about a hike somewhere? I was thinking mm-hmm. the same thing. Like, I mean, you really get a chance there to work together towards a goal. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, certainly you wouldn't want it to be a really complicated hike, but you're still trying to get somewhere together. Right. You might have to work together to figure out how you get there. Right. And then on top of that, you got all the time in the world to talk. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And yet you're not necessarily staring at each other uncomfortably across a dinner table. Mm-hmm. You're hiking and walking and just talking, and then at yeah. the same time, you have things to look at and right. comment about.
2: I'm really into the little paint things that you can go do that are oh, paint and like a paint and sip, yeah. or go do something like create something together, or whatever it may be. It allows for you to be, I guess, a little bit creative. Mm-hmm. You get to make something mm-hmm. that you actually get to keep, right? And it's it's a memory, like you're talking about. It's like you're creating a, a memory,
1: absolutely. You're, you're
2: being silly, both of you are going to fail at that thing when it goes round and round and round. (laughs) So you're going to fail in front of each other and just kind of laugh it off and kind of enjoy the process.
3: As as we're talking, something just popped into my head, and I don't know if this would be for everyone, but if you have a particular, like, cause or association or organization that you're really passionate about, you know, bringing them to volunteer oh, with you that. or you know like because I think that that really shows a part of who you are. Yeah, again, there's things to engage with mm-hmm. it, whether it's an event or you know another group of people, if it's walking dogs right. or something Absolutely. for the humane society, Absolutely. you know, it just it gives you an opportunity <laughs> to show Something that you're passionate about to that person. (laughs) Especially if
2: you're an animal lover Uh, and the the person that you're dating has not really told you that they don't really like the pictures of your dogs all (laughs) over the place. That would be a great way to weed somebody out. (laughs) And that's actually a great segue into the break when we come back and explore this a little bit further. Money and relationships and, and dating. So you all come back after the break.
0: Support for Nothing Funny About Money comes from Elwood & Getz Financial Planning and Investments. As fee-only financial planners, they are fiduciaries to their clients. That's E-L-W-O-O-D-G-O-E-T-Z dot com. You're listening to Nothing Funny
2: About Money on WUGA Athens, 91.7 and 94.5 FM. I'm Matt Gorin. And this is Michael Thomas. Visit us on campus at the Aspire Clinic. Or online at nothingfunnyaboutmoney.org.
0: Support for Nothing Funny About Money comes from UGA's Department of Financial Planning, Housing, and Consumer Economics, providing teaching, research, and outreach to support families' and communities' economic well-being. FHCE.UGA.EDU.
2: Oh, excuse me, excuse me, sir. Check, please.
1: Oh, wait, no. I think I'll pay for my own meal.
2: No, 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 no. The, the, the pleasure is, is all mine. Trust me.
1: But I really think I should pay for my own meal.
2: Oh, don't worry about it. I have plenty of money.
1: Are you sure?
2: Yeah, I cover lunches and dinners with colleagues all the time. This meal is nothing.
1: Well, okay, if you insist. I
2: do insist. Uh, This meal is just a drop in a bucket for me.
1: Oh, thanks.
2: (laughs) Yeah, there's no need to thank me. If Honestly, if you were with me, you wouldn't have to worry about a thing.
1: Is that so? Yeah,
2: I make more than enough for the both of us.
1: How do you know that you earn more than me?
2: Come on, everybody knows that women don't earn as much money as men.
1: Hmm.
2: Yeah, if you were my woman again, you'd have no concerns except for raising the kids. That's all I would ask of you.
1: Wait, you're serious? Yeah,
2: why wouldn't I be serious? Every woman wants a man who knows how to take control.
1: Yeah, I'm not that type of woman.
2: All right, come on now. Once you get used to this lifestyle, you will...
0: Uh, excuse me, sir, but uh, your credit card was declined. Declined? Yes, declined. Would you happen to have another form of payment? I don't. Uh, Can you excuse us for a quick
2: sec, please?
1: Wait, hey, um, you don't have to leave. I'll just take care of the bill.
2: Uh, You you don't have to do that.
1: Well, how else are we going to pay for this drop in the bucket? Here you go, sir.
2: Oh, thank you, ma'am. I guess this means that um, we won't be going on that second date.
1: Yeah, actually, I made that decision hours ago.
3: We're talking about the earlier phases of dating. You're, you have to move along the timeline a little bit in the relationship to be confronted with different kinds Absolutely. of money circumstances. So is, like the first date is one thing, but then it's like, OK, well, if we're going to take this to the next level, potentially start to share expenses, that's really where you, I think, start to see some of the realness come about and, and thus some of the conflict.
2: And you, you see me smiling here, Megan. Right. I do. Because
3: <laughs> you're grinning.
2: People, people share a lot more intimate things mm-hmm. <laughs> on a first date or within the first few dates. We'll talk about our career goals and aspirations We'll whatever. talk
3: about our past relationships we'll about, and how messed up they And the details of those, like,
2: <laughs> yes, but money is the very last thing. We still cringe that, a little bit. People will want to talk about when mm-hmm. we share all these other intimate things maybe if we kind of like step back a little bit, right, we're not trying to put the expectation out there that on date one, two, three, four, and five, that you have to have the money thing all figured out. Uh, what have you all learned from from your experiences in terms of addressing that intimacy thing? What maybe kept you from having the conversation that you had to get over in order to have the conversation?
0: Well, for me, I think it's, a, it's sort of a train wreck. I'm bringing the the past generational (laughs) viewpoint. (laughs) (laughs) We're going back in the way back machine. Way, way back in my day. the 1980s We used to court. (laughs) We didn't date. (laughs) But the the idea was simple. We're out of college. We got nothing. We got to get this job or this job. And we together are driving this train up the hill together. Mm -hmm. And along the way, we will make decisions somewhat haphazardly Sort of out of desperation, like we we want this, this job's not giving it to us, so we still want it. So we maybe we get that, and we really can't afford it. So now we have to work harder and f- and more and then that puts strain on our relationship That's and we're both point. doing this and we're trying real hard to get this and then oh we want to have a kid and oh well that costs money and then on top of that that takes Preach. time and then so one of us probably should not work if we really want to do this the way our parents taught us to do it and so one of us has to stay home and the other one has to work three times as hard to be able to make sure that that happens for this person and then by the time you get to that you're so freaking exhausted <laughs> that you're not sure you've done anything ride at all.
2: You know know what's funny about that is that Ashley and I, now when we have alone time, like, babe, what do you want to do? I want to take a nap like, you know what, I want to take a nap, too. And that's pretty much, that's our date night sometimes. Like, we just go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's a great point, though.
1: Y'all are first. living the snug life.
2: That we are living a snug
0: life. <laughs> Again, another
2: T-shirt, amazing ideas.
0: It, it can work, <laughs> even without money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but But I do think that having a plan and really sitting down and having a structured plan, you need to plan for what you want. Instead of just, I want that, I'm going to get it. Mm-hmm. Plan for that. How are you going to get there? Okay. Even if it's the overall success in your mind, of monetary success is, is way up here. Well, okay, how are you going to get there? Absolutely. You can't just say, that's what I want to do.
2: You have a son and a daughter, correct? Would you say that you're having the same type of conversation with the both of them and emphasizing the same thing? Yes, with the both of them in terms of like the plan conversation with my son. Yeah. It's the same exact plan conversation with my daughter.
0: It is. And yet there are some some I'll be I'm going to be very transparent here. I
2: like it. There <laughs> are some like snaps.
0: There are some really um, primitive sexist notions webs <laughs> in my in the coffers of my mind that are still there. Okay. Uh, the idea that, well, someday somebody's going to come along and take care of my little girl. Mm-hmm. And someday somebody's gonna come along, and my son gonna need to take care of him, or her, mm-hmm. or her and him. I don't know. We're, we're in a different age. It could <laughs> be. It could be either one.
3: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Definitely. So
3: I like that you're conscious of it. I am. Yeah.
0: Because and and quite frankly, I find myself being a little Helen ready on this issue. Hmm. In that I want I, I want my daughter to be educated. So you go to college to be educated, but I want my go I want my daughter to go to college. So that she can be successful on her own. Love it. I want her to feel that and know that and never have to feel like, oh, gosh, I don't know what I'm going to do because that date didn't work out. I'm a failure because I can't seem to keep somebody around very long. Mm -hmm. So what? Maybe you won't. You know, be comfortable in who you are. And find power in knowledge and your own success. I love it.
3: I think that's the best foundation that you're ever going to find Mm. when you're finding harmony. Love it. You (laughs) have to know yourself, your vulnerabilities, your past experiences, your future hopes and desires. And you also have to be accommodating to Mm. the other party if they you know, experienced something different, different from different. you. And that's really what it's all about. I think the the core of a, a good relationship is respect and accommodation. I love it for the other.
2: I love it. I like to do things in Excel and my wife likes to do things paper and pencil. And I used to get f- so frustrated early on because I'm like, well, if we just did it in Excel, we can sum all of our columns and rows, <laughs> and we can link these things together and we can always keep track of it a touch of a button or whatever it may be. And it used to drive me crazy. <laughs> but what I've learned over the years is that she is incredibly effective at doing it the way that she is effective at doing it. And she doesn't have to do it my way for us to be successful. Mm -hmm. And I was one of the biggest hurdles that I I had to get over because, like, you have to do it my way or this is how I learn or I'm in a Ph.D. program for X, Y, and Z. But she brings a lot to the table Mm -hmm. and has actually helped us move further along in ways that I couldn't have moved us further along. And she does it paper and pencil. Yeah. And I just had to step back and say, you know what? We can sit down together, do the budget, and I have my laptop and you have the paper and pencil. And that's perfectly Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. I feel like that's growth.
3: Yeah.
2: Did did you have something in terms of maybe a money hurdle or something that, you know, in the dating phase of things that you're like, you know, this is something that I had to learn to get over to be better in relationship?
1: I think with Matt and I, it's been pretty open. We've talked about money right from the beginning, and we've talked about money pretty often, and we've been very (laughs) open about how much money will bring how much worth of experience to us so mm-hmm. we've kind of money and happiness tried idea. yes yep. absolutely and just going for a run brings us more happiness than actually going on an expensive date so we found ah. these little things that we do that experiences matter more than the money that you want to spend. But yes, we have gone on expensive dates. And we have had uh, experiences that were possible because we spend the money. But we've also had extremely inexpensive dates where there was one night where he's like, he's like, no, hurry, (laughs) hurry, we got to go. And he drives us to this isolated park in the middle of nowhere in a part of Athens that I don't even know. And He told me that there is a new jungle gym that is opened in that part of the park that has not yet been desecrated with little kids and their, their fluids, so we can go and enjoy that before the kids can take over. So we went into that area. We put on the flashlights in our phones in our pockets, and we were just playing around like Kids under the stars.
0: Cue the chirping birds. (laughs) Wow! The violins. (laughs) I Uh, had
1: a last question for Megan. Yeah, absolutely. Go for it. Um, So, have you ever had in your financial counseling experience had couples come in where there was a financial disparity between the couple, and I'm talking about early stages of dating, when one of the two people dating found out that the other person is either wealthier or not as wealthy.
3: Yeah, I, I don't know if I've ever seen that that dynamic very early on mm-hmm. in the in the dating relationship because oftentimes, as, as Michael said, they don't come to me as a financial therapist <laughs> until it's, it's right. like, yeah, like we're really it's, it's struggling around this. It's so it's interesting, an idea like that is interesting that like what if a couple came to sit down with a financial therapist very early on in that relationship and explored that and tried to have more conversations Um, Mm -hmm. productively about that. What what your question triggered for me a little bit was um, an experience that I had with a couple um, who were were about to enter um, marriage, so they had been engaged for a while, and we started to talk in our in our sessions about finances because mm. that's one of the things that I like to hit head on with right. premarital <laughs> couples. I'm like, look, we need <laughs> we need to have a discussion. We'll spend
2: thirty thousand dollars on a wedding, <laughs> which is the average, and yeah. we'll and we'll balk at the idea of maybe spending a hundred or two hundred dollars to do. What yeah, you're talking about right. that actually has huge implications on the success of your relationship. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry.
3: <laughs> no, no, that's okay. It's um, it's it's kind of, yeah, that's a whole nother show about it how is. much we spend on, on weddings. weddings. Right. <laughs> right. But, you know, the, the interesting thing with, with that couple was they were, you know, probably eight weeks out from, from their wedding. And I engaged them around this topic. And they both started to get extremely uncomfortable. Oh, gosh. And I thought okay, you know, there's something here. And, and so I started to ask a few more questions. And Don't ask. And they, they said to me, <laughs> we haven't had any conversations around that. At, at this point, they didn't know how much one another made um, that blows for, my mind. Yeah, for, their, for their annual income. And so, you know, sometimes that could be alarming, for some and, and clearly, it was causing some discomfort for them, right? Because there was this idea that they should know that, but they didn't know how to talk about that together in a way that maybe felt productive or felt safe. um and and so it was it was very interesting trying to engage them in that um, topic and in that conversation because, you know, it was just not something I think they felt like we we <laughs> might approach together in our sessions. And that level of transparency can vary couple mm-hmm. to couple, yeah. right? There's right. no one-size-fits-all prescription for couples at any phase.
2: Megan, Aperba, Chris... Oh, this is, this is good stuff. And we're definitely going to have another town hall discussion. <laughs> we're probably going to need to bring some more people in here uh, to to talk about what we need to be talking about as it relates to uh, dating and money, relationships and money, generally speaking. And uh, actually, I think that's it for this episode. That's it. So, yeah, that's it. A special thanks goes out to our special guest, of course, Dr. Aperba Banerjee.
1: Thank you. And
2: uh, director of the UGA Aspire Clinic and also the founder of the blog Finding Harmony, M-O-N-U-I, Megan Ford. (laughs) We'd also like to thank executive producer Chris Shoup, audio engineer Garrett Burke, and you, our audience, for making Nothing Funny About Money possible. And until next time, peace. You've been listening to Nothing Funny About Money. I'm Matt Gorin. And I'm Michael Thomas. This program is made possible by the College of Family and Consumer Sciences at the University of Georgia in cooperation with WUGA. For more information about our program, visit us online at nothingfunnyaboutmoney.org. Or need help? Get it. Visit us on campus at the Aspire Clinic. Thanks for listening.
0: At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause.